Awesome. So who is excited to hear from our two-for-one guest speaker tonight? You're probably thinking, why is the two-for-one? Because she's pregnant. I thought that was pretty self-explanatory. Ladies and gentlemen, massive round of applause for Laura Rogers as she comes on stage. with prayer because um, my main fear is that I, I end up going and saying stuff that I want to say, not what God wants to say. So um, let's just devote this to him. Lord God, we thank you that you have a word for the church tonight. We thank you for who you are. And Lord, let it be your words and not mine tonight. And that we just receive it with an open heart. Amen. All right. So the title of this message, I was trying to think of a cool title, but it was um, really interesting that um, God led me to this verse. It's actually a verse I've been uh, dwelling on for a long time. And it was a message that God spoke years ago to a man who doubted himself, doubted his authority, thought he was too young, but fortunately he obeyed God and he, and he wrote this in a letter. And uh, James, it's Jeremiah 29, 11, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you, plans not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. I can't tell you how many times I've lent on that verse, and I'm sure you guys have too. You know, it's interesting how this uh, verse came about. I don't know if you've read the, a couple of verses before that, uh, but basically what was happening was there were these um, leaders, Christian leaders. Let's talk it in modern terms here. It's the easiest way I understand things. And um, they were banished, evacuated from a place called Jerusalem and sent to Babylon. And... But among those leaders, there were what you call prophets. So basically, um, they heard from God and they would be like, I heard from God and this is what he said. And um, however, some decided to go a bit rogue and were saying things from God but wasn't really from God. And it was breaking God's heart and he was so desperate to get to those leaders and tell them what they're saying isn't true. Right, So he says to, to Jeremiah, he says to him, write this in a letter and you need to get it to these guys, right? And um, so Jeremiah 29, 8, 9, so this is just before this happens. Jesus is saying, um, God's saying, yes, this is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel says. Do not let the prophets and diviners among you deceive you do not listen to the dreams you encourage them to have they are prophesying lies to you in my name I have not sent them declares the Lord but this is what he does declare he says for I know the plans I have for you declares the Lord plans to prosper you and not to harm you plans to give you a hope and not a future he was basically saying so if you hear anything See if it lines up with this, and if it doesn't, well, it's not from me. 
right? And the interesting thing is that was one letter. That was one letter that was sent to those men years ago, but it's still relevant today. You know, I used to feel so guilty not reading the Bible because I thought, you know, when you become a Christian, that's a Christian thing to do. But that's because I didn't understand what the whole purpose of the Bible was. It's a bunch of letters saying that God's saying there's going to be some lies out there that people are going to say it's from me, but it's not from me. And, and to be fair, like there are times where people have a good heart about it, but the reality is we're all human and jealousy comes in and there's twists and turns, but it's black and white, literally. <laughs> a while back at the start of the year, um, Lockie and I started trying for a bebe. Now, you obviously know what happens. <laughs> but before that happened, um, <laughs> it's G-rated, I promise. Um, so what happened was it was really interesting. I had a friend call me and she said, um, oh, are you pregnant yet? And I said, no, I'm not. She said, I thought that might be the case. Now, first of all, she's my friend. Second of all, she's a Christian, a believer. And um, she said to me, what'd she say? Wait, Man, I'm really puffed. <laughs> I think it's a baby or something, I don't know. <laughs> <Just kidding. laughs> um, and so, yeah, she, she said to me, yeah, I thought that might be the case. Just wanted to let you know that um, God told me it's going to take you a really long time to fall pregnant and that you should just basically stop trying for a couple of years and it'll eventually happen but just just to let you know that's what God said straight away hung up and rebuked it in the name of Jesus and called Lockie and rebuked it together and then I called mum and I whinged (laughs) had a big big moan about it and um, fortunately I knew this verse this is only one verse that I had to know and the verse was simply this and all I had to do was take what apparently God had said and uh, it certainly didn't prosper me. It did harm me. It was, certainly wasn't giving us a hope or in a future. So I knew straight away it wasn't from God. And um, it just made me think, what words have been spoken over you that aren't really from God? But you don't let it but you don't know it yet because you haven't read the letters. But even, even more than that, what religious traditions, beliefs have we been taught that aren't actually from God either? I'm going to talk to you about two things. The first things I want to talk to about is um, the 12 disciples. So, a little background knowledge. In the Hebrew culture, so Jesus' time, right, it was every man's dream to become a rabbi, which is basically a Jewish teacher, right, that teaches the law. So, that was every man's dream. And so, in order to do this, up to the age of six, you had to have learned and memorised the book of Leviticus, James, you're a man. 
Okay, but the interesting thing was they didn't have a Bible, so they had to learn to memorise that with what they, their father had known or remembered. All right? So here's a, a six-year-old, which is actually kind of impressive that they would have learnt this. And then they have a test. And in, so in order to do this, up to the age of six, you had to have learned to memorise up to Leviticus. Then to graduate, what you did was called the school of the book. You were asked a series of questions on what you had learnt. And it wasn't how you answered the question. It was if you could bring life into the answer of the question, which is really interesting, right? And so if you pass the test, so they go, yep, your answers are pretty good, pretty deep. You go on to the next stage, which is like going to primary school. And that was from age to six. There you go. And you learn to memorise the Torah. So the Torah is the first five books of the Bible. You had Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers and Deuteronomy. All right, so you learn to memorise. Again, at age 12, you then were, had the exam and you were not, great, you were not graded on the content um, if you had memorised, it was if you could ask the right questions. Make sense? So, because then it was like, oh, you must really know what you're talking about if you've asked that question. So then you pass that. <laughs> so we're going good so far. Not confusing you. Age 12 to 30, you sit under a rabbi and learn the law and how to ask the right questions. Okay. Now, I just want to pause there for a second before we move to the next stage. What you need to understand is that any point in these stages you didn't pass, you were considered disqualified. You couldn't become a rabbi. So you were then sent to do another trade, such as a carpenter, a fisherman. What were the 12 disciples? What were they before they... Follow Jesus. There you go. The tax man. <laughs> but the interesting thing was it wasn't, it wasn't just disqualified like, hey, come back when you're 12 and try again. It was once you're done, you're done. You can't go back. There's no second chances, right? So then fast forward, Jesus comes along. Flying colours, passes 6, 12, gets up to 30. He's doing pretty well. But there's an interesting thing what happens when you turn 30, when, you, when you're in this school. So you're at the age of 30, you're actually considered a rabbi. However, there's two differences here. A majority pretty much pass as a rabbi, but a rabbi without authority, right? So there's actually two things, a rabbi without authority and a rabbi with authority, Okay, so to get authority, only the best of the best of the best, so it was very, very rare to become a rabbi with authority, right? So only the best of the best of the best could actually get to that stage. Now, if you get to the best, which was Jesus, he was considered one of the top, he was like top rabbi. 
So if you're getting to that stage where you could potentially become a rabbi that with authority, something interesting happens. You have to be baptised with two witnesses. Watch what happens. Matthew 3, 13 to 17. Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptised by John. But John tried to deter him, saying, I need to be baptised by you, and do you come to me? Jesus replied, let it be so now. It is proper for us to do this to fulfil all righteousness. Then John consented. So basically, what's happened is Jesus come down to be baptised by John. And John goes, what are you doing here? You should be baptising me of all people, not me uh, baptising you. Testimony number one, testifying witness, is John. John saying, you, you, you should be baptising me. You're, you're the holy one here. You're the guy. You're the guy with authority here, right? So that's, that's witness number one. Witness number two, what happens? As soon as Jesus was baptised, he went up out of the water. At that moment, heaven was opened. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. That's witness number two, guys. Jesus, from that moment, is now a rabbi with authority. When you have authority, this is what happens. You get to create your own yoke. You get to create your own way. Yeah? Is it making sense? So Jesus now is a rabbi with authority who can create his own yoke. He can create his own way. So instead of going back to the discipleship school of a bunch of perfect men, apparently, um, who learns under a rabbi, he decides that his new yoke, his new way, is actually giving a second chance to some guys who were disqualified and saying, this is my new way, you get a new chance at life. Does that make sense? I just think it's really interesting that that's the way he starts. He could have picked, they considered the perfect bunch, but he didn't want that. That's not how he rolls. He says to the disciples, come follow me and I will make you fishers of men. No wonder they dropped everything and was like, yeah, sure. Because all they've been told this whole time is they'll never be good enough. And he's gone, cool, I'll make you better. (laughs) Matthew 11, 28, 30. Jesus said, come to me all who are weary and burdened and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. And learn from me, for I am gentle, gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest, for you should. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I believe God is wanting to reconnect and with you tonight. And when I've been praying about... Um, just what he's really been wanting to say. I think there's been a misconception for some of you based on um, 
potentially some Christian people who um, may have said, spoken some things over you. I know I certainly have. And God just wants to really encourage you and speak some life, speak some purpose, speak some hope back into your life. God is wanting to declare over you what he declared thousands of years ago. Again, he wants you to know this verse. If you can just bring that back up, please, James. just want to come now into a time of ministry which will get um, music happening and if there's any um, people that want some prayer tonight I really want to encourage you to come forward we're going to have the prayer team happening because I really believe that God wants to break those lies that you've believed. But another thing I really believe that's going to happen tonight is they're gonna, there's some people in here that don't quite know Jesus, don't, haven't known this way and want to get to know this way, want to understand this yoke. That's what I really believe for tonight and what God's really wanting to share and say just, and he's saying, come to me, come follow me. I'll show you. Let me, let me give you a second chance. Yeah? And not to feel guilty about this, but also just, guys, I've given you letters. I've given you letters desperately trying to, because it's going to keep happening. Unfortunately, there are going to be some enemies trying to misinform us. But thank goodness, just even for that verse, if not any other verses, but cling to that. Now I understand why they say the, the word is the sword, because it's true. So I just want to pray now, and if you really feel that you um, just want some prayer, we're going to have some music playing. And um, if you want some prayer over this, that uh, you just come up the front and... Um, We'll just pray now. Lord God, we thank you for who you are. We thank you that you want to give us a second chance. We are so thankful that you just want us to be just like you. You are such an amazing God. And Lord, we want to be open to learning your yoke and your way. And Lord, I just pray for anyone who's just struggling with that bondage, that we just break it in the name of Jesus. Just break that, break that, Lord God. We thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus.